Buckle up your pant legs and zip up your hats. It's time for Sounds About Light. I'm Sam. I'm Drew. We're, we've got our fancy new intro. I'm, I'm currently, I'm sitting here shining it with a rag. It's looking beautiful, pristine, perfect. Yeah, it, I think um, it'll never change. I think that one's going to last forever. Yeah, like Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> oh, I hope. Um, we've got we've got some exciting exciting Kingdom Hearts to talk about today. Truly, it's Peter Pan. Oh yeah, that's the part I definitely want to talk about. We're all really excited to talk about Peter Pan and Tinkerbell mm-hmm. and Wendy. I, okay, no, you know what? I am unironically excited to talk about Smee. Yes. Who is a badass. Smee's good, yeah. Damn it. I was hoping I could get you to agree that Smee is a badass, but you didn't say it. No. <laughs> I don't think I agree. Smee is a badass. Say it back. No. I refuse. <laughs> no, no, but I won't. <laughs> what are? What is your... Do you do you have experience with uh, uh, Peter Pan? I feel like the more we do this, the more I realize that I didn't watch any Disney movies as a kid. Oh yeah, I definitely i I've seen like any Disney movie before 1996. I've I've probably seen like a dozen times. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I've I've seen obviously Toy Story. We've all seen Toy Story. I've seen Lion King. But then when I when I when I think about Peter Pan, I think I've seen it once and I think that's enough. I hate this boy. I hate Peter Pan. Peter Peter Pan's a real prick. And I mean, I, they don't do any of the <laughs> There is a lot of stuff conspicuously missing from this Peter Pan section, which is good. Well, we'll get to that in Birth by Sleep. I hate Peter Pan. I hate his stupid face. I hate his stupid clothes. He I hate he doesn't You you wouldn't know this from watching only the cutscenes, but he does his fucking rooster noise in combat. Nonstop. Well, I'm looking forward to that. That's gonna be great. Oh yeah, have you started playing? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm not very far. I basically beat Traverse Town and then flew the gummy ship to the Coliseum and stopped playing. How are you liking that gummy ship? Um, that's fine. <laughs> it sure is. It's not bad, but it's just like okay, I I did this thing and now I'm here. It's it's honestly not bad. I I wish there was less of it. Yeah, it doesn't get in the way. I would say like because it's not hard. It's just like yeah, um, you know, I don't know. It's a fun idea. It just feels like maybe they sh- it either should have been fleshed out more or maybe just a cutscene. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's good. I you're you're finally a true a true fan. Oh yeah, and I you know what I I think everyone else is are fake gamers, and I'm a real god gamer because I beat Riku in that race on the first try, not hard. <laughs> okay, but did you use the strat that I told you about, where you just ignore all the obstacles and walk straight to the end? Uh, kinda. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most efficient way. Yeah, it's it's very funny that that's the way to do it. Honestly, well, I did. You know what? I said I I didn't know that. There's another huge fucking thing. I mean, it's not that huge, but it feels huge in this part that I can't believe I didn't know about. Uh, it's not that interesting, so I'm not going to hold off on saying it. I'll just say what it is. There's these, like, bubbles in Hollow Bastion. Mm-hmm. They're just, like, big floating bubbles of water. And you mainly use them. You, like, jump into them, and they, like, take you to another area. Okay. But you can fucking cast Blizzard on them and use them for platforming and get to special areas and open chests and stuff. Whoa. 
And I didn't fucking know that. And every every like video I saw of it is just a hundred million comments going, "What the fuck? How did I not know about this?" Is there any clue in the game that you can do this, or you just have to think? Well, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in Kingdom Hearts where they have like little environmental things, like like a candle that you set on fire with fire or whatever. Right. So like, I wouldn't say that there's not clues that you can do it, and you never have to do it. Okay, but. Yeah, I just I I felt very stupid watching <laughs> watching it happen right before my eyes. That's neat. Oh, that's cool. I like that. That's a good good little. It's nice that your magic does things other than combat. Yeah, and speaking of things that make you feel stupid to watch them, uh, so Sora and his friends land on Captain Hook's ship. Yeah, this part was confusing because oh, you you probably wouldn't have seen this in theater mode. They. There's a little gummy ship cutscene in space mm-hmm. where Captain Hook's ship flies up to them in space and, like, captures them, and then they land on his ship, which is in Neverland on the ocean. So I don't really know what's going on there, but it doesn't. It probably doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, I guess he just, he grabbed them and then put them down there in Neverland. Maybe he has a gummy ship shaped like his own ship. Could be. His he ship captures just... them on his ship and then takes them to his real ship. He just rubbed gummy stuff all over his ship and then it's a, <laughs> now it's a gummy ship. Did we... Uh, was the gummy ship Ansem report last week? Yeah. Damn it. I just want to read it again every day. <laughs> uh, Riku is here and he, he snarks at Sora and says, bad friend, etc., Donald yep. and Goofy are missing, but Kyrie's here. Ryu's kind of a messy bitch in this part. I feel I, like... I love this shit. Yeah. Oh, this is where we get the classic meme moment of, uh... The Heartless obey me now, Sora. Now I have nothing to fear. You're stupid! <laughs> <laughs> I Like, my heart's too strong. Rip to Guy in Traverse Town, but I'm different. Yep. <laughs> um, I and he's like, I've got my big trick, which is my heartless power. But the biggest trip of all is a trapdoor. That's the greatest power. <laughs> I I do like uh uh, and you you will get to enjoy this if you make it all the way to Neverland when you play. But he shows off not only that he can summon heartless. I actually love when he's like, I've picked up some tricks of my own, and he just holds up his stupid gloveless finger wearing hand. <laughs> At the, at the camera I'm like no that's that's your hand uh <laughs> he summons a heartless that is specifically a shadow that he like put in a sora shaped mold i guess yeah i was like i don't know how he made this this shadow heartless into sora yeah it was but, definitely like well yeah it's like it, is this an aspect of sora you created because he's here or is this just like you can make a heartless look like sora i think that the the semi-canonical agreed-upon explanation is that it's just a shadow heartless that is shaped like Sora. <laughs> cool. But what what's really good about them is that they're fucking useless in combat. They're just like they're just like a complete joke. Like they're weaker than the normal shadow heartless. Oh, it's, it just kind of fucks with you. That's it. Just a, <laughs> I guess just mind games. It's like he just he literally just took a shadow heartless and he just like stretched it out like taffy and then it just got all floppy and Sora shaped, but it can't actually fight anymore. Huh. That's a great trick. Gotcha. Great, great trick, Riku. 
Deal with that, Sora. Yeah. This is what you look like, idiot. <laughs> uh, he, like, orders Captain Hook, like, to keep Sora and friends away from Kairi until they reach land. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love this part where... <laughs> After Riku walks away, Captain Hook is like, That child thinks he can tell me what to do! And Smee goes, What should we do, Captain? And he just goes, Nothing! (laughs) (laughs) Now, Captain Hook is great. He's ridiculous. I love him. Yeah, like, I think he is the the best part of Peter Pan in general. Mm. Um, And Smee. Smee is also good. I I did I think I've only seen Peter Pan once, but I did like Smee. Yeah, he's just a funny little guy. Yes, Smee's a funny little guy, and Captain Hook's a be- big weirdo, and that's good. <laughs> uh, Smee tells them, "Uh oh!" But you know who else is in the hold? It's you know who, Peter Pan. Uh, but Captain Hook gets distracted because he thinks he hears the ticking clock, and he immediately starts having a panic attack. <laughs> Problem solved. Yeah. It, they should just bring a clock next time. Oh, that was yeah. I, he, I guess we'll talk about it later. It's like I, it's not really clear if Peter if uh, Hook is really defeated. Is is he going to come back? I don't think that we we go to Neverland in Birth by Sleep, which is a prequel. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we've come back since Kingdom Hearts. 1, okay, all right, chronologically. So he's probably dead. Okay, well, and Smee. Why not? <laughs> no, Smee's the I new captain. I don't see how Smee would survive without him. No, Smee's now the new captain, and uh, this Please. was all part of his Machiavellian plot to take over the ship. And he's tall now. <laughs> uh, Sora, meanwhile, uh, he like lands on top of Donald the Goofy. It's very comedic, and I like it. Uh, mm-hmm. He tells them that Kyrie's here. This is where fucking Peter Pan. He comes out from behind a barrel, which is where everyone loves to hide in this game. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, who are you? And he goes, well, I'm the answer to your prayers. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> you, you don't know anything about what's happening. Yeah, he's he's just a shitty little kid. <laughs> he's a shitty little kid. I, I, the next thing that I hate about him is that uh, he, he introduces himself... And he's like, I'm here to find Wendy, you're here to find Kyrie. we can work together. And he reaches out his hand, and Sora goes to shake it, and he pulls his hand back, and he's like, but don't get any ideas about us being friends, okay? Yeah, I feel... That's, that's like the worst thing you can do to Sora, too. Sora just wants to make friends. He just wants to make friends. Yeah. Do get any ideas. Yeah. Get every idea about being his friend. <laughs> Uh, we also get the next uh, running joke of Neverland, which is that Tinkerbell... Is this a thing in the movie that she, like, hates Wendy because she's jealous that Peter cares about her? Yeah, she, like, actively tries to hurt Wendy and stuff because she's jealous. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's the other thing. I hate Peter Pan and I also hate Tinkerbell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck this film. Yeah. I... Yeah, I'm not going to defend it. I've just seen it a bunch of times because <laughs> I was a child. And we had the And VHS. it's racist? Yeah. Uh, but but in this, in Kingdom Hearts, it manifests mostly as uh, Donald laughing at her and her physically assaulting him. I love, I did, I do love how Donald is such, like, he's kind of your more fun kind of dickhead, because he's like, she must be pretty jealous. 
There's the Donald Duck voice. Perfect, yeah. Is that the first time either of us has attempted it on the podcast? I think so. I think we've held off all this time. I think I sounded made more it, like... What, five episodes? I think I sounded more like maybe like Scooby-Doo being scr- strangled to death, but... I thought you sounded more like Marge Simpson. Oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. They're not dissimilar, really. <laughs> a voice that I also am not going to try to do on a podcast. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he he just is like just straight up laughing at her constantly and then she'll like kick him in the face. Yeah. And you know, you have to respect that. I mean, Donald deserves it, so. He does deserve it. And she also deserves to be laughed at. Yep. Uh, they, they like fight their way through the ship. Uh, <laughs> some amount of gameplay in... Goofy just turns to Peter and it's like, why can you fly? (laughs) Hey, weirdo. Not like, how do you do that? Why can you fly? That's a weird way to put it. That's fucked up. Why are you able to do that? Uh, Peter sprinkles them with pixie dust. Basically what happens here is that uh, this maybe didn't make sense in the cutscenes, but you get the ability here to glide, but not fly. Mm. Uh, And then... After you leave Neverland, you will be able to glide for the rest of the game. So this is where the game gets playable. Right. Uh, it's good. It's finally playable here. Uh-huh. Um, it's it's kind of weird because sometimes it seems like Sora already kind of can fly. You know, like certain like air attacks, you sort of do like an air dash and stuff already. Um, He's like Sonic the Hedgehog. He can stay in the air indefinitely as long as there's enough things for him to hit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess that's not flying. I guess that's bouncing. Uh-huh. It's It's falling with style. Oh. Toy Story reference. Yeah. Kingdom Hearts reference, Toy Story 3. He's also like Sonic because he's spiky. That's true. And super cool. And when big I was shoes. 12. <laughs> and big shoes. Shit. Yeah. When will Sonic appear in Kingdom Hearts? That's the dream. <laughs> They're going to land in fucking Green Hill Zone and Donald's magic will activate and Sora will just become Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, that's that's perfect. That's perfect. And then you just play. Like, and, and then you just play like, Sonic. Oh, the Sora's going to meet Sonic. No, Sora is Sonic. Sonic doesn't exist until Sora shows up. <laughs> yeah. And then and then you play all the Sonic games. And... <laughs> uh, Kingdom Hearts Four is going to be so good. I swear to God, I just kicked my desk. Sorry, everyone. Huh. You're not getting a second take. Don't be ridiculous. Uh, so anyway, Riku is talking to Captain Hook in Captain Hook's cabin, and he he tells him. Uh, and, th- you know, I think we kind of were wondering about this last time with, like, is Sally not one of the princesses? Is Ariel not one of the princesses? It seems that they've kidnapped Wendy because they thought she might have been right. one of the princesses of heart. Uh, and Riku says, she's not, so let's just dump her overboard and leave. Yeah, yeah, I do love that. I didn't, I didn't, mis- I didn't mishear that right. He tells Captain Hook to dump her off the side of the ship. Oh yeah, they're I'm like, okay, sure. we'll kill this child then. Good. <laughs> I mean, they're Riku, they're bad guys. Don't get me wrong. I just Riku like has gotten so evil so fast in this part. Yeah, he's gone from just like like edgy fifteen year old who's like, I'm gonna save Kyrie Sora. I don't need friends. To let's dump this child into the ocean. While she's tied up with ropes. Uh, he has had... He's absorbed a lot of fart gas, and it's making him... It's making him <laughs> me. Oh, Riku. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, Captain Hook is pretty pissed off that Maleficent isn't explaining any of this to him, and Riku's just like, whatever, I've got my own fucking mission, who gives a shit about any of that? Uh, so, what happens next? They go to, uh, oh, this is, they find Wendy. Yeah. They're, like, talking to her through, like, a grate in the ceiling, kind of. Yeah, and you, and you can see part of Kyrie's feet or something. Oh, it's, like, just, like, the tips of her fingers are visible from Sora's perspective, and... Oh, I think he, like, calls out to her, and it kind of looks like her fingers twitch a little bit, so he's like, oh, she's not completely gone. He gets the biggest uh, smile on his face. Yeah, it's nice. Mm-hmm. We love we love Sora. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Wendy and Kyrie both get, like, dragged out of sight uh, to be thrown in the ocean, presumably. Or at least Wendy is. Yeah. Uh, and they go upstairs, and they get to Hook's cabin just in time to see Riku do something that I think this is the first we've seen of this at all correct me if i'm wrong uh, that, uh riku yeah directly with Kyrie through a black dark portal evil yeah that is the first time we've seen that i think at least for him doing it yeah so those are those are going to be coming up a lot but it's very interesting that it happened here like this because those are called corridors of darkness hmm. uh they are one of the ways to traverse the universe of kingdom hearts I don't think they've ever really deeply gone into the mechanics of it, but it's basically like opening up a door into the realm of darkness, going in and then popping back out somewhere else in the realm of light. I'm pretty sure is the basic idea. Is it the kind of Uh, thing where it's like it's a space where every step you take in darkness is like 100 steps in the realm of light? I think it's kind of like that, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't think that you just, like, go in and then come out immediately somewhere else. I think I think there is still travel happening within the corridor, which is very important because uh, it is extremely bad for a person to be in there without any sort of darkness protection. So the fact that Riku just, like, walks through the realm of darkness for a little while is really bad. He's got a strong heart. Not strong enough. The next time we see him, he's, like, half dead. No, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe if he hit the gym a little bit more, he'd be ready to go. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so Riku just did something very, very stupid. Uh, but what else is new? Uh, this time Sora fights... I think Riku is just like, I'm taking Kyrie, and also, I... I <laughs> It's like he's realized that the shadow Soras that he's been making Sora fight are shit. So he's like, here's a real one. And there's like an actually really hard boss fight here. Oh, is that that's another shadow Sora? It's called anti Sora, I think. Hmm. But but yeah, it's it's like all the other shadows, except it's got like glowing yellow eyes, if I remember correctly. Oh, and it's horrible. And it killed me many times as a kid. Uh, they go outside and they find Wendy and she's unconscious on the ground and Peter's like, okay, cool. Bye. And he just leaves with her. (laughs) Bye. Yeah. Peter's a real dick. They go outside and they confront Captain Hook. Uh, he calls Riku a codfish, which is accurate. I'm glad someone's finally saying it. Yeah. Uh, this is where we, we learn that Riku has fled to Maleficent's lair in the ruins of Hollow Bastion. Yeah. Has Hollow Bastion been mentioned before this? This is the first time it's been named. It's been referenced, but this is the first time it's been called anything. Okay, got it. It's it's the place that we've been going whenever we have evil cutscenes with the villains. Right, yeah. Uh-huh. 
so yeah, they they uh oh yeah, he Captain Hook like pulls out I think it's like a like a lantern that he put Tinkerbell inside or something. Mm-hmm. And he's like he's like, hand over the keyblade. And Sora sneaky Sora, he makes like he's gonna do it. But also like he's gonna walk the plank for some reason. Oh right, yeah. Uh well, no, it's, he has the option, is give, give me the keyblade or walk the plank. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So Sora's like, okay, I'll walk the plank then. Captain Hook hears the crocodile and, like, hides in his cabin, but Sora, like, still pretends like he's gonna walk the plank for some reason. Mm-hmm. But then he, he hears Peter Pan, and he jumps backwards, and he flies. Yeah, wow. Wee. And, uh... Peter gets Tinkerbell back, and then they have a a big fight. I did like when, uh, after the fight, uh, Peter Pan and Sora, like, stand next to Captain Hook's cabin door, and Peter's like, here, check this out, and then they just play Smee's voice actor talking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you just, yeah. He's a master impersonator. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, fake fake Smee voice tells uh, Captain Hook, I... I killed him, Captain! And he's like, oh, great! And he walks outside, and then Peter Pan literally stabs him in the ass. Peter Pan's kind of like a like a prank YouTuber. <laughs> Telling my captain that I killed his enemies prank. <laughs> yeah, but they all end with him stabbing someone in the ass with a dagger. <laughs> Gone wrong. I stabbed him in the ass. Uh... Yeah, they they have a boss fight against him, and then it ends with him, like, comically running away on the water in the ocean as the crocodile, like, tries to eat his other hand. Yeah, that's from the movie. Uh, <laughs> it's really weird to see in Kingdom Hearts. It, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I think it's one of the things that's good about Kingdom Hearts, but it is just like, yeah, you, you have Riku talking about darkness and summoning Shadow Soras and being this, like, huge edgelord, and then you've got Captain Hook running on water from a it's it's great though i mean i think we said like this guy's from another movie i mean he literally is and they and it's <laughs> it's like yeah it is it is very funny that they're like i'm just currently hanging out in this world that has like cartoon logic but i am riku from kingdom hearts <laughs> yeah yeah it's good uh but uh yeah so he probably dies and then smee probably also dies for some reason and uh goofy is like oh i think i think Kyrie might have lost her heart but donald's just like shut the fuck up goofy yeah, a why- rare moment of emotional intelligence from donald duck yeah yeah i it was he's starting to be nicer that that will never happen again i don't well, i feel like his arc in the game is slowly becoming slightly nicer but still kind of a dick uh-huh <laughs> yeah uh Oh, I love this part though. Oh, I forgot about this because they're they're all standing together, like sort of trying to like break the tension with Sora, who's just kind of like got his back to them because they're like, oh, he's probably like, like, oh god, Kyrie lost her heart. Oh god, I don't know what to do. And then Sora just turns around and he's just like, oh man, I can't wait to tell Kyrie about how I was how I flew when she's back. This is really nice. Yeah, that was good. He, like, makes plans with Peter Pan to come back to Neverland and fly around with him and Kyrie. It's it's just very, it's very wholesome. 
I'm glad, I'm glad that he doesn't because I don't want to see Peter's face anymore. It's bad. <laughs> well, in Kingdom Hearts 4, we will see a next-gen Peter Pan face. Yeah. Peter Pan becomes Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> uh, so, what happens? Tinkerbell tells Peter there's something at the clock tower? Yep. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, but we'll come back to that in a moment because uh, we've got more gummy block lore. Oh, yeah. And some Report 9 is here. I already forgot the voice that I did for it. Here we go. Simply astonishing. Today I had a guest from another world. He is a king, and his vessel is built of the material that composed the meteors. He called the pieces gummy blocks. It seemed that my opening the door has opened a path to interworld travel. We talked for countless hours, but one story in particular caught my interest. That of a key called the Keyblade. The Keyblade is said to hold phenomenal power. One legend says its wielder saved the world, while another says that he wrought chaos and ruin upon it. I must know what this Keyblade is. A key opens doors. It must be connected to the door I have opened. Hmm. I love a key opens doors. Fuck, dude, it sure does. Yeah. It's not wrong. I do gummy blocks. What are we gonna do with these fuckers? <laughs> Ansem met King Mickey, and they hung out. They talked for countless hours about gummy blocks. I mean, you've met Ansem now. I have. Yeah. Please envision him sitting down with Mickey over tea and talking about gummy blocks and keyblades for countless hours. I'm imagining it. It's good. I want to hear that podcast. Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of like a Joe Rogan experience, I think. Oh, God. Can we pull that up? <laughs> wow, I've never heard that before. <laughs> That's really interesting. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it would be the other way around, but this is funnier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey is the Joe Rogan. Yeah. I see. How much horse paste? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Uh the very very interesting little bit of lore here uh that there are there are multiple legends about the keyblade. Uh one that the keyblade wielder saves the world and another that the keyblade wielder destroys the world. Well that makes sense knowing stuff that happens later on um mm-hmm. with the appearance of a different keyblade, but yeah. Yes. So yeah. I think I think that, that that lore is something we will absolutely be coming back to. Mm-hmm. For now, we're going to Big Ben from Planet Earth, the real one. Yeah, it it really this this to me I was like, "Whoa, what the fuck?" So, Neverland encompasses also all of old-timey London? Uh-huh. Does, does it encompass the entire planet Earth? Like, what 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 is all ah. <laughs> What all is here? I I think that it's the ocean, Big Ben, and Neverland itself. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Um, because any other alternative is way too brain melty for me to handle. Yeah, I'll, I'll get. I think I'm going to get into this in Crackpot Corner. So, oh, excellent. Yeah, uh, yeah. So this is another one. I, I I talked about this with the Tarzan level. Uh, that after you beat the final boss, there's just kind of like a like a chill 
unwinding part where now you just you just get to fly around Big Ben. There's like oh. nothing there's no threats here. You can just fly around the cool clock tower and have fun. It's Ooh. great. I love it. Oh, that's neat. Uh but rest assured, if you're if you're thinking why did they program this whole area into the game if there's not even a boss fight, well, the the secret boss at the at the clock tower of Big Ben in Neverland is one that I have never in my life been able to beat. What's the secret boss at the clock tower? There's not really much to say about it because there's no lore to it. It's it's just an entirely self-contained boss fight, but it's called the Phantom. It's just like a giant, like, sort of Grim Reaper figure in, like, a robe hmm. that just flies around and is incredibly hard to beat. Hmm. Yeah. Weird. Uh, I don't remember when you can fight it, but yeah, you just come back at some point and, and you can fight this gigantic ghost thing and it's horrible. It's a very I Square mean, Enix thing to do. Yeah, I will say, I haven't tried to fight it in a long time. Last right. time I tried, I was, you know, like, maybe 15 at the oldest. Right. So, I don't know. Maybe it's not as bad as I remember, but I remember it being really fucking hard. Uh, anyway, uh, they they do a little clock puzzle very briefly. Blah, blah, blah. The keyhole appears and Sora locks it. Yay. Yeah, um... Do they get to take Tinkerbell with them? Is that what happens here? Oh, yes. That that comes up in a minute. But okay. yeah, after they lock the keyhole, Peter Pan tells Wendy, he's like, I'm going back to Neverland. Tinkerbell looks really... This is weird because I feel like Tinkerbell should be like, ha ha, I win. He's not staying with you. He's going back to Neverland with me. But she looks really pissed off just that Peter is even talking to Wendy. So Donald, like, points and laughs at her. And I think she probably kicks him in the face again. <laughs> and then Peter just turns back to them and is like, Huh, Tinkerbell's pretty steamed, huh? You take her. <laughs> yeah. And then you do. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess, well, you know what? You have to constantly reapply the pixie dust to keep flying so i, I guess so tracks. i mean it's tinker it's tinkerbell's punishment for being so jealous for no reason y- yeah <laughs> right <laughs> you you have to go with these people now you you do not get to go home <laughs> oh did we skip- Peter like gets back to the the tree house or whatever the fuck and all the other lost boys are like hey peter where's tinkerbell and he's like i gave him away <laughs> i gave her away to some kid i met yeah i'm gonna go make out with wendy now Except I can't because I left her in London. Oh, I left that's her right. at the top of Big Ben. <laughs> She's fine. I guess she could probably still fly. Hopefully. Oh well. Uh yeah. In the middle of that though, we get another final mix flashback. Uh this is interesting. We're this is the this is like right after the last one that we had. Sora and Riku in the cave. They're, like, walking out and talking about, oh, the girl at the mayor's house. What we see this time, though, is that Riku turns around and looks back, and he sees a giant fucking keyhole in the middle of the big wooden door. Yeah. And that Sora can't see. Yeah. Weird. Interesting. Yeah. Did did we skip the scene where Riku is breathing hard in front of Maleficent? That is That is right after this. Oh, okay. All right. 
Yeah, that is a weird cut, by the way. Just Turiku, like, kneeling at Maleficent's feet, just like... <sighs> yeah, I was like, what ha- What the fuck happened? And then they say why, but yeah. Yeah, the- Maleficent is like, uh, it was incredibly reckless of you to bring Kyrie through a corridor of darkness without any sort of vessel or protection. And yeah, she tells him, like, don't fuck with that, or you will almost certainly lose your heart. Yeah, uh, but they're interrupted by a loud roar. Maleficent says it's a castaway. She says that his his world perished after they kidnapped his princess from it, but his will was so strong that he escaped and was able to follow them here. Uh, but but Maleficent's like, don't worry, my boy. He's no match for your power. Here, glow even more fartily. <laughs> yeah, it, it's. I was trying to decide because, like, you know, I, I had assumed that the power she was giving him was like green, just that's kind of her thing is green energy. But it shows oh, yeah, up again. Yeah. It shows up again later when someone else is doing it. Who else does it? Uh, Ansem does it. I thought he glows blue. Uh, but he makes Riku glow green before. Oh, I guess green is just evil. Yeah, evil green, green is green is absorbing darkness. Apparently, <laughs> sure. Why not? Yeah. Uh, they they go back to Traverse Town. They got a new nav gummy that's going to take them to Hollow Bastion. Uh, Sora is kind of starting to get really down. So Donald and the Goofy try to cheer him up and remind him that he's got to do a big funny smile to power the ship, literally. Uh, Sora is like, <laughs> Sora's like, well, what about you, Donald? You should be pretty sad right now. You haven't even found the king. And Donald's like, oh, fooey to that. <laughs> <laughs> that's just my job i don't really care about that <laughs> i just yeah you know i suck up to that guy i don't actually give a shit <laughs> i'm basically on vacation right now right he sent me to travel the world uh yeah goofy goofy is like you know we're we're still following his orders that's this is what he told us to do so we we trust the king that this will work out if we just keep keep following the keyblade uh and then Goofy's like, why don't you just try believing in yourself, Sora? And then Sora hears Kairi say that she believes in him. And he closes his eyes and he has a very weird vision of himself flying through like a weird hyperspace light tunnel. Yeah, what the fuck was that? Don't know. But the important thing is uh, that he finds himself. He has like a vision of Kairi as a little girl in a library running up to her iconic grandma and he's like where the fuck am i what is this yeah and then she tells Kyrie a story grandma says some wild shit boy does she i'm trying to decide if i want to read the entire thing i think i do yeah you know it's it's it's, it's very it's very worth reading so here we go long ago people lived in peace bathed in the warmth of light everyone loved the light then people began to fight over it They wanted to keep it for themselves, and darkness was born in their hearts. The darkness spread, swallowing the light and many people's hearts. It covered everything, and the world disappeared. But small fragments of light survived in the hearts of children. With these fragments of light, children rebuilt the lost world. It's the world we live in now. But the true light sleeps deep within the darkness. That's why the worlds are still scattered, divided from each other. But someday, a door to the innermost darkness will open, and the true light will return. So listen, child. Even in the deepest darkness, there will always be a light to guide you. Believe in the light, and the darkness will never defeat you. Your heart will shine with its power and push the darkness away. 
really wild shit. That? This this is what my this is what my crackpot corner is going to be about. <laughs> oh please, yeah. yeah. Well, I won't I won't say anything on this except uh, this I haven't I haven't like read or heard this dialogue since I was playing the game way way back in the day before I like knew now what I know now. There is some stuff here. I all I will say is the true light sleeps in the darkness and someday it will connect all the worlds. That to me is like that's hanging over the entire series like nothing else right now for me. Like Yeah. That feels like that might be like Kingdom Hearts 6 end game shit. I I am fascinated to learn more about that. I I have some theories, but we are nowhere remotely close to those. Yeah, I it's really got my it's got my brain spinning. I, <laughs> there's, there's a lot. This is of, why this podcast was originally going to be called the Kyrie's Grandma Memorial Lore Library. I get it now. I get it now. I didn't <laughs> understand it before, but I get it now. <laughs> but then I would have to say it every week. Yeah, that's rough. That's that's just going to eat into my general time to be alive. Yeah, time to talk about fart gas and feet. <laughs> I've got other I've got other farts to talk about, Grandma. Uh, so Sora like calls to Kyrie. She looks around, but she doesn't see him because this isn't really happening, obviously. Uh, and then he opens his eyes, and he's uh, back with Donald and Goofy. And Sid walks over, and he's like, "Are you sure you want to go there? I'll, I'll I I made your car able to go there, but I don't know." Yeah, I, didn't, I installed I, the GPS to take you to hell, but this seems questionable. Okay, this is good to know because theater mode really left some of this stuff out. Because in theater mode, it kind of made it look like he flew into that void and then just showed up at Hollow Bastion. Oh <laughs> no, uh, yeah, Sid. Yeah, it's it's not like a like a full cutscene cutscene, but yeah, Sid is like, okay, I'm done putting the thing on your ship that you can go there now, and then they go there now. Okay. Uh, now that I okay, we're we're about to get to Hollow Bastion. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't talked about any of this up to this point because there's been no reason. But whenever you fly to a world in the gummy ship, you see you you sort of hover in space, looking at a sort of representation of the world. It's usually shaped like a sort of globe. And it's, like, got some kind of thematic pattern or texture to it. And then there's, like, you know, the fucking tea party scene from Alice in Wonderland. Or the treehouse from from Deep Jungle or whatever. Right. Uh, We see Hollow Bastion from outer space. And I know that this isn't a direct one-to-one actual, like, seeing what it is. But there's, like, a fucked up looking steampunk castle. And it's on top of, like, a like just a rocky sort of plane and then under it is a big like underwater ocean hmm. that is being like blasted up through the ground into the castle hmm. and i never really thought about what that is before but we see so much weird water stuff in hollow bastion like when they land they're in like a weird canyon where water is rising upwards in backwards waterfalls and there's like all these all these pipes all across the castle that seem to be taking water somewhere. I don't know what the hell is going on here, but I'm 
I'm really interested in the design of Hollow Bastion. I mean, I think it's obvious what it's for. Uh-huh. It's for all the Blitzball Quartz. <gasps> oh, fuck. Yeah. Maleficent is joining the Besaid Aurochs. That's her her end game is to <laughs> she she wants the power of Kingdom Hearts so she can create the best Blitzball League that the universe has ever seen. <laughs> I will finally discover the Jet Shot Mark Four. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Shit. And Waka is just on Destiny Islands, none the fucking wiser. Yeah, she's well, and she's gonna fill she's gonna fill him up with darkness to make him really good at blitzball. Oh my god, <laughs> he has a blitzball though. He fights with a blitzball in this. If you if you fight him on the island at the beginning of the game, I don't know if you did. Yeah, I kicked that kid's ass. <laughs> that does imply that blitzball exists in this world, and I want to see them play it. That's right. Yep, Kingdom Hearts Four is half blitzball, and by them I mean Maleficent and Waka. <laughs> yeah, just one on one. You know, you you play uh you play Final Fantasy 10 and you get that scene when they get to Luca for the for the uh tournament. Yeah. And you see them filling up the Blitzball arena with water and you're like, that is I mean, I know that it's like a like a a seaside town, but it's so wild to see how much water they're using for this sport. But then uh, uh, you talk to Yuna about it. I think she literally tells you, like, this is the only thing that we do for fun. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, they have no other recreation. But in Kingdom Hearts, a world overloaded with Mm minigames, like, it's harder to justify that water usage, which is why Hollow Bastion is this sort of evil castle ruin with all the pipes drawing the water from the center of the earth into their blitzball stadium yeah it's like a world cup stadium and how unethical those are as well (laughs) right exactly (laughs) god damn it maleficent i knew you were evil but i didn't know why yeah uh i love that they land in hollow bastion they're like surrounded by backwards waterfalls and sora is like i feel like i know this place like i there's there's a warmness to it and donald's just like Oh, am I going to do it? You're probably just hungry. <laughs> that was more of a Stitch voice, if anything. But yeah, and kind of under the giant, like, a little bit. Donald says that Sora is probably just hungry. Yeah, he does say that. Yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, Sora's mom is standing there like, Sora, dinner! <laughs> This is the 5,000th time I've called you down, Sora. Don't make me go up there. I mean, she got pulled up into a dark void, right? Um, you know, there are many schools of thought. Okay. No, she's definitely dead. Well, are they dead or just in stasis of some kind? (laughs) She, much like Beast, oh, spoilers, uh, (laughs) she was able to escape through a corridor of darkness because of her willpower was so strong. Right. Uh... There's this weird little, like, (laughs) I don't know how necessary any of this is to describe, because I honestly have no idea if this is going to turn out to be super important several games down the line. But in this weird, like, water valley thing, there's just, like, a big hunk of ruins with, like, an archway and, like, a sort of central fountain uh, where Riku is, like, bullying Beast from Beauty and the Beast. (laughs) Yeah, he... 
He bullies him really hard. Hey, we kidnapped your girlfriend, idiot. You ugly piece of shit. Beast is kind of cool here, but also not super effective. No, he's not. Uh, Yeah, so this is the castaway that Maleficent was talking about. I do like that she... That we hear him roar, and she's like, oh, there's a castaway, go take care of him. And then we find out that he's, like, all the way out here. Yeah, he was very far away. There's a loud roar. Uh, So this is very interesting. Uh, It's not important, but it is interesting. Because Riku is like, how did you make it here without a vessel or uh, the help of the Heartless? And Beast says, I just, I, I believed that I would find Belle... And I just followed that feeling here. Uh, Nomura, in an interview that I found, actually has said that Beast is one of very few people in the world of Kingdom Hearts to open up a corridor of darkness just through pure instinctive anger. Hmm. He was so mad that his world was destroyed and that Bell was kidnapped that he just opened a portal to hell instinctively. <laughs> And that's how he got here. Okay. I bu- Fun fact. It will never come up in the games. I buy it. He's very mad. He's really pissed off. If, if there's I one, wish that I could get that mad. There's one thing I've learned from anime is being very mad makes you very strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this isn't anime. This is a video game. So Riku does beat the shit out of Beast. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Or d- does he beat up Beast or is he about to when Sora stops them? He, like, slashes him good once. Okay. He does cut Beast in half, but then Sora walks in and uses Kira, so he's fine. Uh, This is a great scene. Mm -hmm. Riku is like, you know, Sora, you and I, we've always been rivals. We've always pushed each other to be stronger, but that rivalry ends here. I'm I'm stronger than you. I always will be. And the Keyblade is going to show that right now when it chooses its true master. And then he summons the Keyblade out of Sora's hand. And... Uh, he, he tells Sora that he's the only one who can change the world. He's the only one who can save Kairi. Uh, he tells Sora that he was only ever the delivery boy for Riku's Keyblade, which is pretty, (laughs) pretty harsh. Yeah. He tosses him a wooden sword that I guess he's just had this whole time. And then Donald and Goofy follow him. Yeah. Really wild. It's rough. Yeah, and... I'm I'm very shocked that Sora is just like able to forgive that. Well, yeah, I mean they they tell him like and I, I think it's great that they like set this up before this in Traverse Town when, when Goofy and Donald are like, Yeah, if if we just follow the Keyblade, then then everything will work out, we'll find the king and it'll all be good. And Riku has the Keyblade now, and Donald and Goofy are just like, sorry, Sora we have to, we, we, this is, this is what the king told us to do. And they, they just go with Riku. I do think it's hilarious that we, at no point in any of this, do we get anything at all from Riku on how he feels about Donald and Goofy following him? Yeah. It's like, oh, this is good. This is what I wanted. Um, yeah. He's not like, oh, I guess I have the weird, funny friends. <laughs> he's just like, oh, bye. Okay. Whatever. Bye, Sora. I I guess I've inherited your retainers. Yeah. Like, who are they? <laughs> <laughs> who are you? Uh, yeah, but yeah, they, they are, they are very reluctant. I, I, it's, it's, it's sad and it sucks, but I, I do appreciate that Donald at least apologizes to Sora. 
it, it it's good. It it, it it's going to lead to a top ten goofy moment. So we'll, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and yeah, Beast. It's just Sora and Beast left behind, <laughs> and Beast is like, "Well, I'm not leaving without Bell. So what are you going to do?" And Sora's like, "Yeah, I'm I'm not leaving without Kyrie." And he he picks up the wooden sword and says, "This will work." Yeah, I liked that. That was cool. And then there's quite a lot of gameplay where you can't fight the Heartless. Oh, really? You just just have to run through it? I don't. I might be mistaken, but I don't think you can even hit them. I think that I think you might still be able to use magic. Mm. Yeah, you can. You can still use magic. I'm pretty sure, but but yeah, it's just you and Beast. Hmm. That's kind of cool. Yeah. It is pretty cool. I I'm sure I hated doing it as a kid, but <laughs> it is pretty cool. Um, uh, yeah, they they go to like a creepy castle basement. Uh, there is a fascinating little thing here uh, that definitely won't have been in theater mode, which is that uh, as you're exploring the basement and you're doing like awful gate opening and closing puzzles in the waterways. There's one little room that you can go into, which is just called the dungeon, and it's just a little square room in the basement, and there's just a table and some unlit candles on it, and that's it. Hmm. And there's no, there's nothing you can examine, there's no dialogue, there's no cutscene. You just see this little dungeon, and then you go, well, there's nothing here for me, and then you just leave. There is there is like a collectible that you can that you can get if you come back later with Donald and Goofy, but I find this dungeon very interesting because there we have no reason to believe that it was ever used for the princesses of heart. Hmm. Like they're just kidnapped and brought to Maleficent and then put to sleep, seemingly. So who is this dungeon for? I have a theory, but we won't get to it until Kingdom Hearts three. Oh, okay. So. Great. But uh yeah, we'll we'll maybe come back to that. I'm I'm very interested in this little dungeon. Okay. But for now, uh we get we get Maleficent, uh she's gathered up uh the seven princesses of heart who are for the record Belle, Cinderella, Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, Alice, Jasmine, and Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Uh so this is a little confusing, and I, I'm curious if this came across uh to you what Maleficent is doing here. I mean, she's trying to use all their hearts to open up some sort of door, it would appear. So this is what's kind of weird and confusing, because Hollow Bastion, like any world, has a keyhole. Right. Uh, She's trying to open up an artificial keyhole. Oh. So the, the keyhole that she's trying to open up here is not affiliated, like, with the world of Hollow Bastion. It is it is a keyhole that is formed using the hearts of the seven princesses. So that's why uh it's not it's not like the normal keyholes that we see where it's just like a glowing white light that they find in some meaningful place or on the ground under Oogie Boogie's house. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh it is it's like a weird like kind of like an oily black portal with like rainbow colors swirling around in it that mm-hmm. uh, Maleficent has seemingly built that they like project this keyhole into. It's, it's very different and weird. And I certainly didn't understand it until this week, but uh, that is what Maleficent's doing. Hmm. What is the keyhole for? I think you can probably guess. Well, I, 
think it's well, yeah. I mean, Kingdom Hearts, I would guess, because <laughs> I keep saying it's that. Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, she she like uses the the hearts and this big like machine to to try to open up this keyhole. Uh, Beast and Sora find their way inside the castle. Beast gets distracted by Bell standing on the other side of the doorway from him where they came in. That was good. But then it just turns out that it's a regular little shadow heartless. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that was like his desperate perspective or if the shadow heartless can actually just like turn into Bell. Well, Riku can make him into little Soras, so maybe they made I one into so. a Bell. I guess so. But yeah, it's just like, hello, Beast. And he's like, whoa. And then it's just like, ah, scuttle, scuttle, heartless noise. And he just goes, and just like jumps through the door and it slams shut behind him and locks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Trolled. I wish he just never showed up again. <laughs> it would be pretty funny if that was just the end of him. Yeah. It's just Bell turns into a shadow heartless, which then just like jumps off a cliff and he's like, you motherfucker. Ah! <laughs> Uh, Riku is here with Donald and Goofy, who are now just his sidekicks, I guess. Yeah, and Riku's looking really cool. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, Riku enters what is canonically called Dark Mode, or occasionally D-Mode. Uh, this will only make sense to people who have listened to the most recent F+, but I was excited to see that Riku had gained the power of bonelessness. Oh shit, I haven't listened yet. Oh, well, it's going to be really funny when you listen to it now. Yeah, uh, here, I'll edit in me laughing at that joke. Okay, great. (laughs) Okay, welcome back. Uh, (laughs) Now I have homework. (laughs) So, yeah, Riku, he he goes D-mode, which is a weird... his, His torso looks like like muscle fibers in like black and red he has an iconic grass skirt purple boots and gloves and a heartless emblem on his chest and that's d mode it's it's kind of cool it's sort of like Hmm. a venom suit but for kingdom hearts i think it could be cool without the grass skirt and the purple gloves and boots yeah Okay. I, so this is interesting, though. Uh, the heartless emblem on his chest, because I I never noticed before. The heartless emblem usually it's a it's a it's a red outline with a black heart. There's a little fleur de lis at the bottom, and then there's like a spiky X across it. Hmm. Uh, but Riku's emblem is that without the X. Uh, and I was I was looking online to see if anyone knew what that meant. Uh, apparently the X across the heart for the heartless is meant to symbolize a lack of emotion that they just act on pure, like dark instinct. So the fact that Riku's emblem doesn't have that X is supposed to show that while he is in the dark right now, that he is still driven by his human emotions, which I thought was pretty interesting. Huh? Yeah, that is interesting. It absolutely does not come across in the game, but there you go. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, well, I mean, he just, he's not really acting that differently. He's just got a weird suit on now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he, uh, he tells Sora uh, that Sora's going to be destroyed by the darkness. 
And Sora says, uh-uh, my heart can never be destroyed by the darkness, because no matter what happens to my heart, there's always a part of it that is in my friends, in their hearts. Yep. And then Riku says, fuck that, and throws a fireball at him. <laughs> but it's a very slow fireball, because Goofy is able to run over and block it. Well, Goofy, Goofy's just that fast. <laughs> Speaking of Sonic the Hedgehog, I love this part where Goofy's like, Goofy says like, I I know I'm betraying the king right now, but I, I'm i loyal to the king and to Sora, and I'm not going to betray Sora. And then he goes, see you later, Donald. Could you tell the king I'm sorry? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Donald goes, I feel weird doing the Goofy voice, but not the Donald voice, but I really don't think I can justify doing the Donald voice. Donald says, we'll tell him together. Yeah. And he runs over. It's nice. It I is nice. It. I also uh, was like, where were you going to go, Goofy? Just leave. Yeah. <laughs> they were going to leave now, but now they're staying. They're going to go to the Hollow Bastion food court and just wait for the king to come pick them up. Watch the next Blitzball tournament. <laughs> There's one every day. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, I can't. I was going to get sidetracked by Blitzball. I can't. I can't. Okay. I already did it once. All right. Well, I've done it twice. Now I'm doing it a third time. Moving on. Right. Um, uh, Donald says all for one and one for all, which I really wanted to believe was a callback to the uh, movie where they're the three musketeers. But then I've, I looked it up and the movie came out two years after this. So instead, I'm going to choose to believe that Tetsuya Nomura originated the premise of them as the three musketeers. He, he shadow wrote the three musketeers movie. <laughs> he has an executive producer credit. Yeah. <laughs> um that's, that's really weird actually well this is fun uh because in in kingdom hearts dream drop distance there is a three musketeers world hmm. where you see them as the three musketeers and i'm not even i don't even know how that figures into the reality of kingdom hearts yeah but i do love the idea of a retcon where Donald saying this line to Sora is him being like, you know, I used to be a musketeer and we had a saying, me and Donald and Goofy. I mean, I'm Donald, me, Goofy, and Mickey. And you know, you're you're kind of like the new Mickey in the group, you know that, Sora? Yeah. It's absolutely not what this moment was supposed to be, but it's fun to imagine. Yeah, it's just a thing that, that, that Goofy's been saying. Oh, has he? Has he been saying all for one and one for all? Yeah, he did it a couple times already. Okay, well, that was also a callback to something that hadn't happened yet. Okay. Uh, this is where Sora says for the first, but not the last time, it's basically his catchphrase at this point in the franchise, my friends are my power. Yep. He's got, uh, he's got a friend spirit bomb. And that's, that's right. And that's why Riku can't beat him. That's right. Uh, and then he pulls out his, his wooden sword, and it turns into the keyblade, and Riku looks at his hand, and there's no keyblade in it. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah. Fortunately for Riku, he does have a sword. Right. Yeah, it was not a... Didn't really hold him back all that much. <laughs> he is still pissed off, though, and he does do a boss fight at Sora. Uh, and <laughs> You know, you mentioned how funny it would be if Beast just didn't show up again, but I think that much funnier than that is what actually happens, which is that Sora, Donald, and the Goofy fight Riku, and after he loses and he runs away, Beast just walks back in and goes... So, your heart won that battle, huh? <laughs> yeah, that is also pretty funny. Thanks, Beast. 
Thanks for contributing. <laughs> uh riku's an asshole though as we know and he decides uh in in gameplay ways to when he runs away he runs through a door that is locked with four chunks of the heartless emblem that you have to find that's annoying it is annoying uh but it does lead to uh two incredibly powerful moments in two very different ways uh uh number one uh did, I don't, did you see any of this, the library here? Uh, I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, this is where the library was. That's pretty important. Wait, the Kyrie library? Yeah. Oh, no, I here. did not see that. Whoa. <laughs> How did they cut that? It's, yeah, that seems... That's extra- maybe, maybe it'll come up later. Okay. I don't know. But you go into the library, which is literally one room over, and it's the same library as the Kyrie flashback. Um... So when we asked uh, Kyrie at the start of the game, where did she come from? Now we know. Uh, there is a a real puzzle for babies because this is a game for babies at the end of the day, which is there are different shelves in the library that are like, it's alphabetized. These books all start with the letter K. And then you have to find a book that starts with K and put it on that shelf and then like a thing opens up. Wow, that sounds really... It's a pretty shit puzzle, but the names on these books I'm very interested in. And this is this is one of those things that it could mean absolutely nothing, and it could be something that Nomura just sprinkled in and was like, I don't know, maybe I'll do something with that later, and then he doesn't. I don't know. But there are seven names on these books. The names are Azal, Hafet, Kama, Mava, Nahara... Saleg Theon. Oh, they'll, they'll definitely come back at some point. I was looking online to see, like, are those names from any sort of, like, mythology or anything? The only thing that I could find was that they seem to generally be, like, North African, Middle Eastern region-ish. Hmm. A few of them are names of towns. Most of them are nothing. One of them is Theon from Game of Thrones. One of them is Theon, which uh, Nomura also shadow wrote. The... So I I have some theories for what these names could mean if they ever do come back, but this is I I I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't know if I think that this is ever going to come up again. I think there's maybe like a forty percent chance that this will come up again, but I won't be surprised if it doesn't. Hmm. That's thing number one. Thing number two is that there's a puzzle that Sora has to do where he talks to a statue and on either side of the statue, there's a big ceramic pot. And if you interact with the statue, it says to you, oh, mighty one, show me your crushing power. And then you have to break the pots and then a waterfall turns on and it spits out one of the heartless emblem pieces and then you can open the door. (laughs) Wow. Good game. (laughs) Good game. Show me your crushing power, oh mighty one. Uh, uh, I mean, you do it, it sounds like. So, hey, take this. <laughs> Here you go. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to get into the other. There are four pieces and four puzzles. That's the funniest one. The others are not as funny. So, <laughs> anyway, Sora opens the door. Yay. <laughs> this, is the, this is the prophesied door that Mickey told him he would open one day. Uh, one be- day, Sora, you will, you will have the crushing power. <laughs> uh 
so yeah, we we go through the door. Riku is like in shock. He's he's in like the big hall that he usually meets Maleficent in, and he's like, "What what happened? How did the Keyblade? Why did I lose it? I don't understand." And who should appear for the first time since the beginning of the game, but the man who is a bag that is brown from Destiny Islands. You know. And he says, uh, what does he say? He says, uh, Riku, you have a strong heart and you will win in the end. But in that moment, your heart was weaker than Sora's. You know, maybe I'm just built different, but I don't think I'd listen to a weird little dude in a robe that appeared out of nowhere. Well, the I think the difference between you and Riku is that you haven't been fart gassed twice by Maleficent with darkness. That's true. Ah, uh, if only. <laughs> Maybe next time. Yeah. Maybe next time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that I think that just really primes you to listen to a <laughs> weirdo in a brown cloak who's kind of a ghost. <laughs> who's kind of a ghost who maybe doesn't have legs. Doesn't seem like it. Uh but yeah, he's he's like uh he says, Riku, you've got a lot of potential. You you showed no fear or hesitation stepping into the darkness when you took Kyrie from the boat in Neverland. Uh, so he says, uh, here's what you do, okay? Here's what you do. You open yourself to darkness until your whole being becomes darkness itself. So what do you think? Yeah, that's good. Great. Let's do it. And Riku's like, oh, okay. So yeah, that's that. Yeah. Uh, he goes straight from there, as far as we know, to Maleficent. He's wearing his D-mode outfit again, because he's being a total D right now. He finds, uh, Maleficent. She's, like, looking at the portal. Uh, he talks to her, but you can clearly hear that the man's much deeper adult voice is overlaid on top of his, and it's pretty clear that he's possessed. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know what, I'm glad that they make it obvious. Even if it wasn't obvious... The man was, like, glowing blue the whole time when he was talking to Riku, and at the end of this cutscene, Riku, like, smirks and glows blue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was... They really want you to get it. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I'm just I'm just gonna call him Riku for now, just to not be confusing, but uh, Riku says uh, that the portal is opened uh, at last. We We get a sense that he's involved with Maleficent's plan somehow, but we don't really know how. Uh, she says, uh, that she's, she's opened the keyhole to darkness and she's going to use it to rule over all the worlds. And Riku's like, (laughs) good luck with that idiot. And she's like, please, darkness has no power over me. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll see about that. Riku summons a brand new keyblade. Uh, and this is something that I never understood until... Literally reading it in the fucking Ultimania the other day. Uh, he's got this keyblade. It's like a red handle with a black blade. And the tip is shaped like a heart. But it's got like a little piece cut out of it. And yeah. he just summons this keyblade and Maleficent just takes one look at it and goes, Impossible! Y- yeah, it's why. It's like, why is that impossible to you? I don't get it. It's be- It's because... What we're so what she's expecting is that the tip of the blade would have an entire like heart negative spaced into it, but there's a little chunk missing. I don't oh. think I ever realized that that was what it was supposed to look like because it just looks like a keyblade. <laughs> yeah, like we don't know what they're supposed to look like. So, but yeah, the 
the issue is the heart shape on the tip of the keyblade isn't complete because even though all seven of the princesses of heart are here who this keyblade is made from what oh you didn't get that no i didn't get that no oh okay yes the this is you know what i'm having a real moment here of like perspective of like you know sometimes the things that make sense when you're way deep in it don't actually make any sense okay so here there's three types of keyblades okay <laughs> there's keyblades of light there's keyblades of dark and there's keyblades of heart okay sora has a keyblade of light you shouldn't be surprised to learn that no keyblades of dark We'll get into what the difference is between those. It's it's not exactly what you'd expect, but it's not relevant at all right now. Okay. Keyblades of Heart, as far as I know, there's only... I think there's only two of them that we know of. This is one of them. The other one we'll get to eventually. So this is a Keyblade that is created from the hearts of the seven princesses of Heart. Presumably because they are aligned fully with light... It is a keyblade of heart that is itself fully aligned with light and therefore able to open the keyhole to darkness on the side of the realm of light. Okay? Okay. Can you believe that I, for some reason, thought that that would make sense without explaining it? Yeah, well, and I just don't know how I was supposed to know that came from their hearts at all. I don't think that... So, I will say, I don't think that you really were... Because, like, I didn't know that for a long time. Okay. It's it's not like it's not like you find out somewhere down the line and you're like, oh, that's what that was. It's, it's literally just like, if you don't know, it's easy enough to just be like, oh, that's the Keyblade that he has now. It's his evil new Keyblade because he's evil. He's possessed. He has an evil Keyblade. Right. But, <laughs> see, this is why it was so important that when I started this podcast, I have a co-host who doesn't know all this <laughs> stuff already. Yeah. Because... If I was on this podcast with another person who's way, way, way in it, we would we would both just be like, yeah, so, you know, Riku's got the key, the Keyblade of Heart. Anyway, next scene. <laughs> oh, uh, God. But yes, this is a Keyblade made of the seven hearts of the princesses of, princesses of Light, which is why it's incomplete, which is what Maleficent is upset about, because Kyrie, while she is physically here, her heart is not. Yeah. This is where we first start to uh, get a, a sense of why she is the way that she is, because they've been they've been pretty clear up to this point that Kyrie has no heart right. right now. But we are very soon going to find out exactly what that means. Mm -hmm. uh, did you like how when Maleficent says, "That's impossible," the princesses are all here. That it cuts to Kyrie asleep on the floor with a big smile on her face. <laughs> I, I did enjoy that, yes. I think that they maybe just needed... Maybe just one more facial sprite might have done it. No. Nope. But, you know, <laughs> just just enjoying a nice snooze. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, Riku explains that the Keyblade wasn't able to be fully formed, and neither was the Keyhole, because one of the princesses has no heart right now. Uh, Maleficent goes to fight Sora in a, a boss fight, and Riku goes uh, glows blue. Yep. Uh, classic Sora dialogue here as Maleficent runs in and says, You're too late! It is unstoppable! And Sora goes, We'll stop it! <laughs> he does. He's right. <laughs> he does. 
<laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> Trolled. Anyway, they beat Maleficent and she retreats through a portal. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got another Ansem report. Ansem report number five. To study the heartless behavior, I picked one out for observation. It wiggled its antennae and, as if sensing a target, headed deep into the castle. In the deepest part of the castle, its antennae began vibrating as if searching for something. Suddenly, a strange door appeared. I'd never known of its existence. It had a large keyhole, but didn't seem to be locked. So I opened the door. What I saw on the other side mystified me. What was that powerful mass of energy? That night I observed a great meteor shower in the sky. Could it be related to the door that I have opened? So this is what I was saying about the keyhole that Maleficent is making is not the hollow bastion keyhole. Somewhere under the castle is the actual keyhole that if Sora went on his usual little adventure, he would find it and lock it. This is an an artificial keyhole that they're making. Uh, I like that we get we get to see a little bit of the process that the Heartless would, if unimpeded by Sora, use to find the keyhole. That's cool. I I I just love hearing about Ansem just like grabbing a Heartless and just like throwing it around <laughs> to see what it does. Yeah, it's also the That's only Heartless really weird. that is good at finding the door to uh, like heart of the world or whatever. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this is, this is of course before, uh, the gummy lore and before Mickey shows up. Uh, so yeah, he, he's the one who, uh, broke the barrier that allowed the Heartless to really start pouring in. Although it sounds like Hollow Bastion already had a lot of them under the castle, which I'm still very curious to learn more about at some point. Um, yeah, but yeah, other than that, uh, the powerful massive energy behind the door is the big, uh, the big piece of lore that we just got. Yeah, and I assume that's supposed to be like the the behind any door of any world. That's what's there. I would I would assume so. I I don't remember if it ever really gets spelled out, but I think he literally was looking at the heart of his world. Yeah, which is I mean I I don't know if we'll ever go to a heart of a world in Kingdom Hearts, but I I am fascinated by that. I would love to see what that looks like. I, uh, but for now. We have more Maleficent. Uh, they, I love, I love this room. I don't know how good of a look you get at it in the cutscene because there's another boss fight here. But they, they go through the portal after Maleficent into this like, it's like the inside of like a tower. And it's like completely overgrown with like tree branches and thorny vines that are like tangling around the pipes that we've seen running throughout the castle it looks really cool i love this shit yeah i didn't really get to see it but uh i'm i'm looking forward to it in like i don't know a month when i finally get there (laughs) yeah blitzball jokes aside i this is something that i find really interesting about hollow bastion is as you explore it you just see giant pipes everywhere yeah and Combining that with the fact that water is seemingly being pulled upwards from the lowest level of the world, it feels like they're taking water for something, and I don't know what. I think I might know what. You got a liquid. But, um, got a liquid cool the artificial door. <laughs> Ansem's gamer rig. Yeah, he's he's overclocking. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, I I really like and when you eventually get to to this in the in the library that I mentioned, I love that uh 
the 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 library is like the the cleanest looking area in the castle that you see that's like the least fucked up but even the library has like water pipes coming out of the ceiling it's hmm. it's so cool i love it that's neat uh it it just paints it paints a picture of a castle that maybe was built as a normal castle it 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 kind of makes you feel like it was ruled over by someone who kind of like went off the deep end you know that seems maybe like that might have happened. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I I would love to get more more Hollow Bastion lore sometime. But anyway, uh, they they arrive. Uh, Riku is also here. He's he's like taunting Maleficent. He's like, "Oh, you need help!" And they they look at his his cool new evil Keyblade, and he's like, "Oh, you want to see what I could do with this?" And he just stabs Maleficent in the heart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I don't know if this was clear at all because oh god damn it I do I mean, have to get into he, he does just mechanics. say what it does he says it unlocks the heart yeah which so which to me I believe means then then it's open for the darkness to get in yeah so I I said I wasn't gonna do this but I will very lightly get into the mechanics of a keyblade keyblades of light are able to lock and unlock things in the realm of light such as keyholes and doors and treasure chests for Sora to get crafting components out of (laughs) keyblades of dark are able to lock and unlock stuff in the realm of darkness they are not inherently affiliated with light and dark in a sense of good and evil it's just what they can interact with a keyblade of heart then is able to lock and unlock things that are associated with heart so in this instance riku is using the keyblade of heart to unlock the the I think this is actually really interesting because Maleficent has basically been saying all game, like, I'm not afraid of the darkness. I have the darkness completely at, at my disposal. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not in danger of losing my heart to it. And that basically apparently was true because Riku had to, like, use the Keyblade of Heart to, like, unlock the darkness and just have it just run wild in her heart. I think that's fascinating. Yeah, I think, I think it's interesting. It, it definitely... It has implications for sure. <laughs> yeah, and I, I really like that uh, it just makes Maleficent seem more impressive as a villain when she's like, no, I'm not going to fall victim to the darkness. And it's like, oh, she actually wasn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you, she keeps saying it and you, you think like, oh, it's going to be ironic when she realizes she's been corrupted this whole time. But it it takes the Keyblade actually unlocking her heart to to make it mean anything, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she turns into a dragon from the movie, and you have the worst boss battle of my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. Look forward to that one. I mean, maybe it's not as hard as an adult, but holy shit, this one destroyed me as a kid. Uh, they beat her, though, and she... I love this. When they beat Maleficent... Not only does she disappear, she leaves like a black stain on the floor. Yeah, I was. Also, it's great. I was also shocked that she was dead because I kind of thought she'd be around more. Well, all I will say is this moment right here, right now, put the biggest pin in it of all time, <laughs> because because Maleficent's demise is going to come back in a way that you could never possibly imagine, and I cannot wait. Okay, that's exciting. Uh, but for now, she has been glorped onto the floor. Uh, I love that Riku, who uh, I think Sora is 
still not aware that this isn't actually Riku. He just like just like scuffs the floor with his boot and just like smears it around. Yeah, it's kind of gross. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. Yeah. Uh and he he says something twisted like uh what oh he's like uh ironic. All this time she was just another puppet for the heartless. She never even realized it. And then Sora gets the summon gem for Mushu from Mulan. What? Yeah, no. Okay. Why not? All right, I guess right. so. Okay, cool. Uh, moving on. <laughs> you know, you gotta get it eventually. Uh, they 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 make their way back to the hall with all the princesses in it. Uh, I love speaking of game mechanics actually existing within the world in real ways. <laughs> I love that Goofy follows Donald and Sora up the stairs and they walk to the top right as a boss battle barrier is erected and Goofy just walks face first into it and falls backwards down the oh, stairs. Oh yeah, yeah, I thought that was great. And uh, a minute later, Donald will also get launched out of it and then Sora will have to have a boss fight alone. I just think it's so funny that those barriers are like real in the world. It's so good. That was surprising, yeah. Uh, so he, he tries to, like, wake Kairi up, uh, only, only when Riku shows up and refers to Kairi as that girl does Sora finally realize that it's not Riku and it never was, you idiot. Yeah, he's not the quickest child. No, but we do love him. Yeah, he's, (laughs) Riku's just like, oh, that girl, and Sora's like, hey, wait a minute, (laughs) now hold on here. Riku would kill Maleficent in cold blood, but there's one thing he would not do, and that is call Kyrie that girl. Yep. He's a real detective. And, I mean, he's he's not wrong, to, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, he's, he's right. Yeah. He was going to throw Wendy in the ocean, so. <laughs> uh, so Riku says uh, the keyhole, it's not complete, and it won't be complete until the final princess has her heart back, and... Sora gets this weird feeling and he like falls to his knees and Riku reveals that Kairi's heart has been inside of Sora all this time. Yeah, which is something I kind of, I think I sort of had heard that before. It's still weird. Do you know why? I don't know why it's in there, no. Well, do you remember uh, when Sora found Kairi in the cave? Well, yeah, I remember her blowing through his chest and then... I assumed that had to do with it, but I don't get why she went into his heart at that moment. Um, yeah, this is another one of those things where it's like the mechanics of how someone losing their heart is just kind of ambiguous. I think that what we're meant to understand is that she was quote unquote unlocked Mm. probably by, by Ansem. Right. Uh, and that, uh, that it like put her into a state where she could be absorbed by Sora. You know what? I'm talking out of my ass. I have no fucking idea how this happened. I mean, she maybe could have just lost her heart because she got darknessed, and then I guess Sora happened it's to really be there. it's really unclear, and I don't actually know why this happened. But the point is, in the cave when she blew through Sora, he absorbed her heart into his, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's confusing though, right? Because she. She, like, blows through him and vanishes. Yeah. But next time we see her, she has a physical body. Well, I have to assume that that was literally just only her heart that blew through him. 
I guess And her so, body was huh? somewhere else. I guess th- I guess that was her heart, and he just saw it as her because yeah. he's connected to her, I guess. Yeah, he's able to recognize that as her. Yeah. Okay, I'll take that. I'll take that. That's my guess. That's 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 satisfactory to me. <laughs> uh you know, I I, de- I defend a lot of stuff in Kingdom Hearts as like Nomura was either planning it all along or he wasn't, and I don't care because he's doing fun, interesting things with stuff that he established early on. Yeah. But when you, when when it comes to stuff like what are the mechanics of Kairi blowing through Sora like a ghost and then having a body later, I don't know. He probably didn't know. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's about the metaphor or whatever anyway. Not okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a metaphor. Yeah. It's darkness and hearts and light and it's good. It's fine. It doesn't matter. Uh, so yeah, Sora, Sora realizes that Kairi has been with him all this time. Uh, Riku finally reveals himself as Ansem, Seeker of Darkness. Yeah, that is what he refers to himself as. Yeah, I gotta assume based on the knowledge that I have, he's a Z- he's a Xehanort of some kind, even though that name hasn't come up yet. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh. Oh, this is where Donald, like, screams and charges at him, and Ansem just, like, punts him through the boss fight barrier yeah. down the stairs. Yep. Uh, and then uh, Kairi calls to Sora and motivates him to not die, and then he has a boss fight. This is, in my opinion, one of the best boss fights in the whole series. I think it's so rare that you have, like a one-on-one keyblade fight. It there's just a very satisfying like keyblades clashing against keyblades that I just really like. Uh, uh so look forward to this one. I this mean, boss fight is really good. Those are the best fights in every like character action game, you know, like Devil May Cry uh-huh. fighting Virgil or, you know, when you fight somebody it's basically just you um but maybe better yeah. than you. That's always really fun. Yeah. Uh Fighting other hunters in Bloodborne would be my frame of reference. Oh, yeah, which kicks ass every time. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. so this is a great boss fight. It's it's one of the one of the moments when I'm playing Kingdom Hearts 1 where I'm just like, no, you know what? This game is really good. <laughs> uh, too few and far between with, with Kingdom Hearts 1, sadly. Uh, yeah. I love I love the story, but it's it's not that often where I'm genuinely having like a great time playing it uh but this is one of those times uh they sora wins obviously uh and then riku just vanishes leaving behind only the keyblade uh this part is also kind of unclear i don't think i really understood what was happening until i read the summary of this moment in the um the ultimania well i'm assuming the keyblade was left behind as a trick because uh ansem riku wants Kyrie's heart available maybe i never thought about that the it's the 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 keyhole that sora and uh, that uh, donald and goofy are like sora the keyhole and he looks at it and he's like oh no and i i never really knew what the thing was there but basically what's happening here is that the keyhole is very unstable mm. so it's not it's not complete which means that sora can't lock it but it's partially complete, which means that there's just darkness pouring out of it, is what's mm. happening here. Okay, okay. Uh, 
another another moment that just doesn't really come across <laughs> in yeah. what we're presented. Uh, but Sora realizes what he needs to do. He picks up the Keyblade of Heart off the ground. He knows that it can unlock hearts because he saw Riku do it earlier. Donald and Goofy try to stop him, but they're too late. He just gives them a big goofy smile as he stabs himself in the heart and releases Kairi's heart. And I, okay, I'll admit it. Here we go. I'm going to have to keep a running tally. This part did make me cry. Oh, it it didn't make me cry, but I don't have the hours of game play behind <laughs> me. So, uh, it was, it was just, it was a, a light mist, but it was real hmm. and it was there. It's specifically, it's not Sora's big moment. It's not Kyrie waking up. It's specifically Donald, like, running running over and yelling like no sora don't do it sora come back yeah that because is nice. he's he's like really upset with himself for betraying sora and he it it's really i don't know it's really affecting to me that that donald fucking duck from disney cartoons <laughs> is like experiencing this moment of like intense grief and regret in this game for children i don't know it really gets me i think it i i really like it yeah but the good news is sora will be back in like 30 seconds (laughs) (laughs) in a way that's really confusing but yeah yeah this is another one that i i tried to look up what actually is going on here but i couldn't really find a straight answer that's like here's why this happened uh, but yeah, Kyrie Kyrie wakes up. Uh, Sora just like smiles at her as he fades out of existence. Uh, she like tries to catch him, but he just vanishes in her arms. Uh, and she's she's like, no, there's there's no way. I'm not I'm not I'm not letting go of Sora. We're gonna we're gonna get him back. This isn't real. Whatever. Uh, we meet Ansem for the first time in his in his body, and what a body! Yeah, I mean, he looks kind of like riku but big he is he is a weird man with long gray hair big glowing orange eyes and an unbuttoned shirt revealing both his rock hard abs and also a heartless emblem on his chest (laughs) it's a strong look for sure he he's one of those character designs in these games where i'm like this looks so stupid and so cool (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's just like high fashion stuff, and uh, and then and rock hard abs. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he he tells Kyrie that she's served her purpose. He starts like walking towards her. Uh, Donald is like Donald is fucking fuming. He is out of his mind with rage right now. It's really a sight to see. <laughs> Uh, I think it helps that in the Let's Play that I watched, the weapon that Donald had equipped is basically a giant hammer. (laughs) But Donald Duck is like, if you take one more fucking step, Ansem, I swear to God. (laughs) Uh, but it's, uh, it's Riku who really stops him because Riku is, this is, this is kind of weird. This is Riku's body, kind of. Right. He is still possessed. But, uh, he, it's, you said he looks like an adult Riku. This is not, like, Riku grown into a man. This is, this is Ansem's physical body. Okay. He's just kind of using Riku as, like, a medium, kind of. Okay. Uh, 
it it is a little bit confusing because he does kind of just look like a big Riku, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, Riku like appears in a kind of spectral form in front of him and is like, "I'm not letting you use my body for this. Uh, don't don't hurt my friends or Donald and Goofy." Uh, so they they run away while Ansem is still frozen in place. And then one lone shadow heartless watches them run out the door and we get to play as him. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And uh he he runs through the castle and he eventually reaches the entrance where Donald and Goofy and Kyrie are. Uh they're like trying to get her to leave and get to safety, but she's like, I'm not leaving without Sora and Riku. Goofy sees the shadow heartless and donald says i'll take care of it and he just starts bonking it on the head with his staff (laughs) which i did think was pretty funny yeah uh but but i think i think he's like okay enough fucking around i'm gonna shoot this fucking heartless with a gun when Kyrie's like oh wait hold on (laughs) i think that might be sora and this is the moment that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, which is that more Heartless, like, jump at them, but Kyrie like, holds on to Sora Heartless, and then he turns back into the boy Sora for some reason. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I guess he did unlock his heart, okay, so we, we established the Maleficent that lets darkness in, so okay, he became a Heartless, but then why is he not anymore? I guess the power of friendship. Well, yeah, so I mentioned uh, looking up in the Ultimania trying to find out how they describe this moment. Here is what it says. Quote, The strength of their bond turned into light and brought forth a miracle. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, that kind of... Hearts that, and light. That tracks with my uh, crackpot corner a little bit, too. So The Lord God is here as well. Yeah, kind of. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's back. Uh, Beast shows up again and says, Remember me? I'm still here. Uh... And he says, uh, you get out of here, I'll fight the Heartless, because I'm, I'm not leaving without Belle, she is still in a pod. And that's where we leave off today. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah, this was good. I like this stuff. <laughs> I love this shit, because, I mean, I've, I've mentioned many times, like, oh, you know, the Disney World's, like, they, they kind of, like, try to do some interesting stuff with, like, the themes and... Sometimes they'll do some stuff where we get a little bit of, like, Riku or Maleficent talking about the general plot. But, yeah, this is the first time since the very beginning that we've gotten, like, full Kingdom Hearts on its bullshit. And it's good. It, it's it's really on its bullshit, too. But, yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that was evident from me uh, having to take ten agonizing minutes to explain the Keyblade of Heart. <laughs> Yeah, and I think I, 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 it seems like I missed something slightly there, but then also, yeah, I don't think it's obvious. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing is, like I said, I this is stuff that I never picked up on when I played the game casually as a kid. Right, yeah. Is like, Maleficent looks at the, the Keyblade, and it, like, focuses on the tip where the heart is incomplete, and she says, impossible, the princesses are all here. And, like, when you know what that means, like, it's it's not keeping anything from you it's not like it's not telling you that the keyblade is incomplete and that she's surprised so like you have everything you need it just doesn't really put anything together for you at all in that way like you should you should have have seen like a diagram of the completed keyblade earlier or something for that sure yeah there there should have been 
that should have been a thing where like Maleficent is like at a at like a fucking chalkboard or whatever, and she's like, she's like, and then it will look like this, and then they make the keyblade, and she like she like compares, it and she's like, what? Yeah, that would. But be- that's Ursula, and she's dead. <laughs> um, yeah, but like all the all the stuff with like Riku being possessed, it's very like. It's there's it's really making sure it's clear. Like there's no way that that's gonna go over your head. But whenever it gets into like the mechanics of keyblades and keyholes and stuff, it's really easy to just to just like let like gloss over it and not really think about what any of it means. And you know, in in this one game where it's very like self-contained, like Kingdom Hearts one could have ended and never had a sequel, and there would be like a little bit of stuff where we'd be like, oh man, I was hoping I get to see what would happen with this and that, but. It, it it really could have just ended with this one game, and you wouldn't really be too torn up about not understanding what the Keyblade of Heart was. Sure, yeah. Uh, and I think some of it is maybe left vague so that you can learn more about it later. Um, yeah, it's just yeah. weird. Like, you have Jiminy's journal, and you have the Ansem reports, and you just don't really learn about this stuff in the game, even though it's clear that that is happening. Yeah. Like, she did make the Keyblade out of their hearts. He is using it to interface with her heart, Maleficence. It does seem, and well, then that what's what's weird too is the keyblade. Does the keyblade disappear once he unlocks Kyrie? Is it still around? Because um, oh, oh, I totally forgot to explain this. Uh, so yeah, the reason that he needed to um, there's another thing that just like it's just like mechanical stuff that if you don't understand it, it just completely washes over you. But uh, he unlocks Kyrie's heart. Which brings Kyrie out of him and back into her own body. And when he does that, all the other hearts return to the princesses. And the reason for that is that they were, like, sort of being channeled into the keyhole and the keyblade. Right. But once he releases Kyrie, she completes the keyhole, which then frees up their hearts to return to them. Okay, so and that the keyblade is, is that gone is now, or the keyblade so, still exists too? That's the part I. I think I think that the keyblade also ceases to exist at that point. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, it's it, it's it's another thing that just if you don't know what's happening, you would just never think about it, and you just be like, oh yeah, they got their hearts back. He released Kyrie's heart, and they got their hearts back. Yay! But yes, that is what the hell happened there. Okay. Okay. Hopefully next week there will be less of me desperately trying to make things make sense no i think it's good i mean i i assume this is why people listen to the podcast (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i don't know i don't know i'd actually be curious maybe i'll do a twitter poll uh yeah when you listen to this go to go to twitter.com slash sound sounds about light and uh vote in the twitter poll are you a kingdom hearts player already or is this you getting into it or are you just are you just curious what it is? I, I would be interested to know. Yeah, same. Uh, but yeah, that's that's uh, that's the first part of Hollow Bastion. We'll have more... Actually, I don't know. I don't remember if we come back to Hollow Bastion next time. But we will, we will have more next week. Uh, we're going to go to the end of the world, it's called. Oh. Sounds ominous. It... Will it be ominous? Yes. Probably. <laughs> yes, okay. Uh, you, you said you had a crackpot corner. Let's hear it. Yeah, I do. Um, it's because Grandma Kyrie said such wild shit that it really got me thinking about stuff. Um, 
And this is sort of a crap recorder by me, someone who doesn't understand the whole series yet. So some of the stuff might be totally explained and I could be totally wrong. I mean, that's I'm that's exactly what the segment is supposed to be when we eventually get to the point where I will be genuinely theory crafting about stuff that we don't know yet. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so in this series so far, they haven't really told us exactly what light is. Um, mm-hmm. We know what darkness is, kind of, which is it, it's something generated from like bad emotion or, or it's sort of it's sort of is power coming from these like bad impulses we have. And the story mm-hmm. says it used to be it used to be all light, but then the desire to have light created darkness, and it sort of, I guess, wiped out or contained. It doesn't sound like it contained wiped it out. It contained light, except for light that existed in children, which children then used to create the worlds that we go to. Uh-huh. And so, then what is that light? Well, that light is clearly creation. Um, I don't want to do a G, like a like a Christian metaphor, but it's like light of creation. But you're going to, but I'm going to. That's what's going to happen here. <laughs> it's like light of creation. Something and and what that means in this case is like creativity and stories. Mm-hmm. So there was a world that existed, maybe our world that kind of seemed like maybe it was something like our world, and it went away because there was so much darkness. But children brought to life the things that they that they held dear, which is like stories. So it's all uh-huh. these stories like Disney uh-huh. or King or or like Final Fantasy that have been brought to life by these like I guess children that were just floating in the void of darkness. <laughs> um, and so then, what's at the heart of the world? Then it's actually a kid in there with light, keeping it alive. Sort of like, sort of like a Final Fantasy X Xanarkand or like Aeon situation. Now, don't spoil that for me, because I don't actually know what's going on there oh, in okay. Final Fantasy X. Well, I guess you'll find out what I mean later on. <laughs> but, yeah, to me, I mean, just in a different way. It's not like a unique... I'm, ad- at, I'm at the moon flow on the way to Guado Salam. Oh, that's a cool area. I like I'm that. going to ride your shoe puff. Yeah, I love... God, that's so good. That part's great. Ah, uh, cool. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's just... I mean, basically, my theory is that, like, yeah, light is the ability to create... A, it's like creativity and and stories and that and that's what the worlds are made out of. Interesting. Yeah. Very thematic and Christian. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean only in in so which, you know, only insofar as light is seen as a way that things are created. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Ne- next time we'll do our full full Jesus theory. I mean Sora kind of did kill himself for our sins and then get resurrected. <laughs> I mean, I Final Fantasy X deals quite a lot with sin. I don't know if if Titus is going to turn out to be Jesus. That's going to be a lot to take in if that is what they're doing. But that that's my experience to have in the background of this podcast. <laughs> I'll, we'll hear about it, I guess, at some point. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, well, yeah, that's that's it for this week. Big, big, lot, lots going on this time. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I can't wait for next week. the The end game of Kingdom Hearts One is some of the coolest shit in the game. IMO. Yeah. I mean, it has to be because the rest of it is sort of fucking around in Wonderland and <laughs> the Tarzan jungle. <laughs> so how could it not be? It's a funny thing. I, I don't know why I keep we're just going to keep talking forever. I guess. Um, I uh. <sighs> It's a thing where it's like sometimes when you get to these parts, it's like why are why do we have to do all the other parts 
But all the other parts, I mean, if you didn't have the other parts, then these parts probably wouldn't seem all that special, I guess. No, I don't I don't think that any of this would land if Sora just like just was following following Riku through various Destiny Islands worlds. Yeah, that that wouldn't be great either. Yeah. I mean, it would. I mean, that's basically just what a Final Fantasy game is, except Donald and Goofy wouldn't be there. That'd be a shame. It, it just wouldn't work. It, it'll never work. <sighs> they keep trying to make Final Fantasy work. Maybe in 16. Ha ha ha. Nope. <laughs> Apparently it has to be in an MMO, which means I'm not going to play it. <laughs> Sorry to all of the people I know who love Final Fantasy 14. <laughs> I'm sure it's great, but it's an MMO, so I'm not going to play it. I tried and I couldn't get into it. Maybe yeah. Final Fantasy 16 will will really turn things around for me. I this is so I can't I'm not this is not going to be me ranking the Final Fantasy games. What am I doing? Mm-mm. I'm pulling a U-turn and ending the episode. Yeah, we're we're hosted on noisebase.xyz. We are. Listen to other podcasts like Slappers Only, Wow Cool Robot, Zero to Zero Island Shuffle. <laughs> zero to Zero is mine. Yeah. Listen to that. Um if you like what I'm doing, you should listen to the F Plus or Extra Credit or uh, Pen and Paper Bullshit, another show I do that's fun. If you like what I'm doing that's like what you're doing, listen to Extra Credit. <laughs> it's pretty similar. There, There's a few through lines there. Mm-hmm. And hey, uh, if you know people who like Kingdom Hearts, maybe recommend the show to them. Yeah, uh-huh. tell, your, tell your friends. Force them to download it. Yeah, don't don't walk away until they are listening to it. Yeah. And then check back a few minutes later and quiz them. Yeah, you... <laughs> what were the nasty boys looking for this time? And, <sighs> and Feet. If, if they answer Lucky incorrectly, guess. they have to listen to it again. <laughs> and like we have said at the end of every episode up to this point, key on blading. Keyblade. You don't like that one? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't know that was a that was a one. <laughs> Key on blading. Key on blading. Keyblade. Keyblade. <laughs> you know, I'm glad that we finally had a really long episode. <laughs> Sora ain't gonna go anywhere. You'd betray your king. Not on your life. But I'm not gonna betray Sora either, cause he's become one of my best buddies after all we've been through together. See you later, Donald! Could you tell the king I'm really sorry? Hold on, Goofy! We'll tie him together! Well, you know, I'm the one and right for all. I guess you're stuck with us, Sora. Thanks a lot. Donald Goofy. How will you fight without a weapon? I don't need a weapon. My friends are my power. <laughs> <laughs>